If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and welcome to Season 2 of the Audiobook Club with John York. The Audiobook Club, partnered with Pro Audio Voices, celebrates audiobooks, the amazing people and teams who make them happen, as well as the various talents behind storytelling. To learn more about Amplify and other opportunities to grow your sales, platform and audience, head over to ProAudioVoices.com and listen out for a short but informational advertisement within this episode. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. In this week's episode, we're so lucky to be joined by actor, VO artist, audiobook narrator and career coach, Elise Arsenault. Elise, it's such a joy to have you on the show. How are you today? Great. It's so good to be here. I was just telling you before, I'm extra great today because I just found out six audiobook adventurers got nominated for the Audis. So I'm on a high of being a proud coach right now. That's so fantastic. Huge congratulations to you. And of course, those six people and everyone who's been nominated for an Audie, what, a, what an honor. How has uh, 2023 been for you so far? Oh, that's a good question. 2023 <laughs> so far is better than 2022. I think my 2022 <laughs> was like a lot of people's 2020. And I'm I'm glad it's a new year. It's, um, it's fresh, have more tools in my toolkit uh, for you know, personal yeah. life or personal growth. I'm I'm really big on growing. So, so far, 2023 is treating me well. <laughs> That's great to hear. How about you? Yeah, it's been going okay. Thank you. Much like you say, it's it's just nice to have that fresh start, and it feels you know just nice to wipe the slate clean from last year and just and get into it. And I'm trying to you know set it's day two of Lent um, as of time of recording, so I'm I'm giving up like chocolate and trying to add oh, yoga nice. into my days. So yeah, feeling oh, pretty good healthy. about it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so we like to begin uh, most of these shows with a rather uh, basic introductory question uh, to help um, to get to know our guests that little bit better. Um, you, of course, are an award-winning actor and have performed in countless titles on stage and screen. Uh, and I'd love to know how you first got introduced to audiobooks and, and decided to add them into your many creative pursuits. Could you could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I... I first fig- I first really started hearing about audiobooks um around somewhere between 2012 and 2014 and in 2014 I was working consistently in regional theater. I was a union actor and I thought I had hit the goal I wanted, which was to be working all the time on stage and I was working these union contracts and I was like this is great. However, I'm still not making enough money to pay my bills. I'm still having to work these other side jobs that were not related to my creativity. Hmm. So around that time, I had I just had conversations with folks in the area who were also no, also regional theater actors who were narrating audiobooks by day. That was like their nine to five. And then they were performing on stage nights and weekends. And I was like, that sounds perfect. That fits right in with what I want to do. So I I got going. Um, I was fortunate enough to, after lots of reach outs, got going with Tantor in 2015. Nice. And I fortunately had a really lovely stream coming in ever since. So now I'm about, I'm about eight years in and it's been such a great use of all of my acting skills. It's been so awesome to have 
more control of my life, if that makes sense, like yeah. more control and, um, and actually feel more respected in that I have these opportunities where I get to use so much of everything like imagination, yeah. improv, character creation, script analysis, all that stuff I spent years studying yeah. and, and cultivating. Yeah, I was going to ask, what is it about audiobooks as a medium that continues, you know, over the years, continues to draw you in and keep bringing you back to to um, audiobook narration as a performer? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I was just listening to a past episode. I forget your guest's name, but he was saying something similar to how I felt at first, which at first audiobooks was like filling in the space between my theater jobs and mm. between my on-camera auditions and roles. So for me, it started that way. And then the more I got into it every once in a while, once especially once I started teaching other actors to do audiobooks, I really got a new profound love for audiobooks. So I think it's mm. like for me, every few years, changing up what my goals are around it. And, and today I have goals in my audiobooks of really telling stories that are in alignment with how I feel about the world, the stories I want to be put out there. So I've really worked to make my marketing materials really reflect who I am yeah. so that I'm attracting things I want all the time. So I think the times in my career where there were times where it was harder to do was when I was doing work that just came my way and I didn't realize I could ask for more of what I wanted. And I didn't really know how to showcase yeah. that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And that does, I have a little question that follows onto that a, a little bit later on. I just wanted to start off though, the Global Actor, um, which you founded and, and coached for, um, helps actors live where they want and work where they want. Could you tell us a little more about The Global Actor and, and the important message uh, of your career coaching within this entity? Yes, absolutely. So the motto, live where you want and work when you want. Many actors pre-pandemic didn't think that could be a thing. I think the pandemic shifted that for a lot of people and everyone mm. realized like, oh, whoa, so much is self-tape. You can do this from anywhere. Oh, you can do audiobook narration from anywhere because you need a home studio. As long as you can connect to the internet at some point and send those files in, you literally can do this from anywhere. And um, the reason I think it's, in, there are many reasons why I landed on this idea. Mm. Um, one of them was I left New York City um, several years ago, I, le I left living full time there mm. and, and moved like three hours away from the city. And that was more sustainable for me. And it also broke my heart. It also broke my heart when I did that because yeah. the five-year-old in me, the 12 year old in me, the 21 year old in me was like, but this is what you could do. You could live in New York city. You could live in LA and, and you have to do that all the time and you have to struggle and you're going to do this and then you're going to shine and da, 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 da. Um, but I think so many actors, so many narrators know that this is just not true. Like the, it's really expensive to live in these cities. And mm. I don't think enough people realize you can, there is another way. Mm. So for me, the global actor, I actually have a lot of clients who live in New York and LA. So that's awesome too, but I want it to be a choice for people. I want folks to know that if they want to live in a small town somewhere, there are ways to work as an actor and audiobook narration is just such the perfect job uh, yeah. to, to showcase that. But yeah, num number one, it was like, it was a life lesson for me. Like I really thought I was giving up something huge when I left the city mm. and 
what ended up, what ultimately ended up happening was I worked as an actor in regional theater and in voiceover more than I ever had in my life. And when I went into the city for networking opportunities to meet casting directors, to show up for gigs, to audition, I felt more confident and grounded because I wasn't in the hustle mm. as much anymore. If that makes sense. Um, a part of your work is is guiding actors uh, to more to more paid work, specifically transitioning their skills from from the screen and stage uh, into audiobook narration and uh, that medium. Why should actors consider audiobooks as a string to their bow? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because so much of this work is available because you can have direct connection mm. with producers and publishers. You don't need an agent or manager for it because it will help because in doing those things in getting your own work, it's going to sharpen your entrepreneurial skills so mm. that if you are pursuing TV and film, you're going to get a lot more confidence in understanding you can have relationship with casting and understanding mm. you can make choice and understanding you can ask for what you want. Um, and so the way I teach the uh, audiobook narration, we really get going working with publishers because I'm working so often with actors who are coming to the table with a lot of skills already. So I don't want them, to, I don't want, I really don't want anyone to waste their time doing free work. I don't yeah. think free work begets paid work. I don't think that's true. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's been such a freedom solution for me. Mm. both financially schedule. So I just want to pass that message on that yeah. this is something that can fit so well in your acting career. And just the, uh, what I mean by the abundance is so much of my work is direct offers versus auditions. And that like rarely happens for anyone unless you're A-listers. There are lots of A-listers who still have to audition for things. So it, there's nothing like getting a direct offer. Uh, yeah. There's nothing like getting a direct offer for a series that turns into like, months of work. Um, and so I just see these opportunities available in the audiobook industry and I love them. And I want more people to experience that because then you get to be in your craft more often. And yeah. if you are showing up for on-camera work or on-camera auditions, you've got a sense of confidence now because you know, you're working all the time in audiobooks. So you're not as desperate for those TV and film roles. It's like, that's great. Mm -hmm. I love that this opportunity came up. Fortunately, I find that my cold reading skills, my improv skills, all of the skills I have as an actor are being used all the time in my narration. So it's not like I'm showing up for an on-camera self-tape um, cold. It's yeah. like I've, I'm just in the practice of using my actor instrument all the time. Do you find that when taking on clients or maybe just chatting to other actors about audiobook narration and maybe if they if they haven't done it before, they maybe think, well, I do stage, I do screen, I don't really do that kind of thing. And then when they eventually get to give it a go, they get bitten by the bug, as it were, and they go, oh my God, what is this? Why haven't I been doing this all, the, yes. all along? <laughs> I actually find this really to be true with my clients who live in LA. I, I work, well, a lot of my clients recently have been working as actors for 20 or 30 years and they're experiencing freedom like they weren't sure at first but i think for a lot of people it took the pandemic for them to actually dive yeah. in because especially because there wasn't anything happening from yeah. march 2020 you know through march through all of 2020 we had a lot of folks really finding mm. out about what we did and um it there's nothing like getting to experience an la working actor who has not hit whatever series regular goal they've had start narrating audiobooks and be like whoa 
<laughs> I'm really a working actor now because I'm actually getting paid for it. It's not just about <laughs> audition after audition. So that's yeah. been one of the most rewarding things for me to see is folks who've been acting for a long time who are finally getting paid back for all the work they've, you know, all of the, yeah. all of the time, energy, money they've already put into their craft and career. Absolutely. I was chatting with um, Joe Jameson, who I believe may have been the interview uh, that you were referencing. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. that's it. And he was saying, it's great because you just get to play all the parts. <laughs> so that's that's just... exactly how I feel. I tell everyone it's a one person show. <laughs> that's definitely the way that I approach um, audiobooks is really performance. We're bringing mm. all of our acting tools to the table, which is great. The um, the monetary side of things um, can um, be off-putting occasionally to those, uh, you know, to set up a, a home studio, you know, coaching, cutting demos. You know, it can all seem a little overwhelming sometimes. Does one have to invest like a lot of money to begin this path? I don't think so. I'm going to be someone that says you don't have to coach with everyone out there. I think there's um, there's a misconception I'm seeing in the industry that you have to take coaching from everyone, hmm. uh, which I didn't do. And I, I know a lot of people who've worked without spending tens of thousands of dollars on coaching. I hmm. do think coaching is important. And my program includes narration coaching, building your home studio, upgrading your marketing materials. It's for working actors, but it's also for brand new beginners. Yeah. Um, but what I want to say is I think there's a lot of FOMO that for some re reason you have to coach with everyone for some mm. reason you have to get a studio bricks and like, you have to spend like a college fund before <laughs> you get going. And that is not my approach. I'm, I'm going to be the person to say it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Um, because Again, if you're already an actor and you're moving into this, you already have so many skills. Like we've got to do some translation. So yes, we do need to coach. We do need to do some coaching on translating. But I don't want you to. I don't want you to overcoach in in the way that you lose all of who your authenticity and all all of the instincts you already have. Yeah. So really, the coaching that I believe needs to happen with the craft is understanding the new medium. So as you move from like if you've ever worked. On, in theater and you move to film and TV, you know, there's a shift that has to happen ultimately with the energy. Um, mm. all, you know, it's a, a different lens. And so the same thing with audiobooks. like we definitely want to work on understanding first person, second person, third person narration. We want to understand the differences between thriller and romance and fantasy, YA, middle grade. We want to understand how we fit in each of those. And we yeah. also want to figure out and hopefully actors are doing this when it comes to film and TV, we want to figure out which ones suit who we are best so that we don't have to waste a lot of time putting ourselves out there for a lot of things that are not right for us. I think mm -hmm. the more specific we can get. So like, I think working on your craft as well as the business at the same time is a great idea. And so the way we teach in the great audiobook adventure is uh, we work on the craft, we work on your home studio, and we work on your marketing materials and mm. how to build relationships. We do it all together. We, of course, we lay it, layer it out. So you're not doing yeah. the reach outs until you're ready in your craft, until your marketing materials are the best that you can possibly be. And then we're talking about reaching out, building relationships. Then we're talking about how do you ideally have a project board that works for your schedule based on what the rest of your life is. So if you're a parent, yeah. if you work another job, how can you make this work for you so that you don't reach burnout? I've been seeing a lot of burnout in the industry and I don't want that for people. 
And I definitely mm-hmm. don't want that for anyone just starting out. So getting back to how much to spend, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so fortunate that um, in the great audiobook adventure, I work with my partner, uh, my husband, Justin Mara, who is an engineer, he's a director, a studio consultant. And so he is so awesome at finding the most affordable, awesome equipment Mm. so that you really can start on whatever budget you have. Even if that's just a few hundred bucks, we're going to really make sure that you have, that you take the time to treat your space. We're going to make sure that you are taking the time to really find a microphone that fits you mm. just because everyone else might be using the TLM 102 or 103 doesn't mean it's great for you. And it doesn't mean it's great for your space. I, I like to offer a perspective that is let's invest and make money so that you can upgrade as you make money in the industry versus mm. feeling like you have to take out a loan to start this business. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's an incredible thing to be able to 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 treat each client um, as their own person, you know, rather than having a blanket set of instructions, um, you know, because everyone's going to be different. Every journey is going to be different. And what people can have access to is going to be different. Yeah. For um for actors who are, you know, perhaps on the verge of exploring audiobook narration as a as a possible creative endeavor. What are the first steps? What are some of the steps that they should be considering to take first? Totally. You've probably heard it before. I'm sure you've talked about it on your podcast, John. Um, but I definitely think read out loud, see if you like to do it. Right. Um, and I think that's cool. I think reading and listening, um, are going to be the first things you want to do before you even invest in anything. Just read out loud. You can use a voice memo app on your phone and just hit record and and read for a few minutes. See if you like it. If, If you do keep going, see how long you can go and then hit stop and listen back. What do you notice and ask a couple questions? Can you easily follow the story? Imagine you're a listener listening fresh. Can you easily follow the story based on what you just did? And then the second question to ask is, are you curious to find out what happens next? So those are the two, those are two questions I like to point to really at narrators of every level Mm. is like, those are good. A couple questions to just kind of, am I doing it? Because if you can't answer yes to both of those questions, then there's work to do. Let's figure out why. Maybe that's you need to slow it down. Maybe you need to think about what are the important words. Yeah. Maybe you haven't even used your sensory experience and you're not even seeing or smelling or or really using your imagination to create the environment for the story. So I, I, um, I like to empower people to become their own like analyzers, if that makes sense. So I really want you to start listening to your work and start checking in and using your ear to see what you notice right away, because so much of this work for many of us is self-directed. So the sooner you can get confident with noticing what you like, noticing what you don't, um, the sooner you're going to get going. And then I also think definitely listen to as many audiobooks as possible. Um, especially if it's new to you, if you've been listening for a while, start listening with a more critical ear. And what do you notice if it's thriller? Are you noticing a different tone again than when yeah. it's like romance or if it's, um, do you like some narrator voices? Do you not like, and that's okay too. Mm. What I did when I first started was I would go to the library. This was back in 2014, 2015. So we, I was still, I think I still had a CD player in my car. I don't know how many (laughs) people still do, but I would go to the library and I would get us, I would just kind of browse and just window shop and just 
judge books by their covers and get a collection of like five to 10 audiobooks. And I would take them out and then I would put them in my car and I would put the first CD in. And oftentimes in the first five minutes, I was clear on if I wanted to listen to the book or not. And it was just, did the narrator pull me in or did I zone out and did I have to hit rewind? And I want to say it didn't matter if they were award-winning narrators or not. Mm. It was just, what was my taste? What did I like? What was I just drawn in? And so that's something I want to encourage people is like, allow yourself to like what you like, allow yourself to don't like what you don't like. And just because everyone says this person's great, like, it's okay if you feel differently. Um, Does that make sense? Have you ever had that experience? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And also, also like, just, you know, you get suggestions from people sending you audiobooks going, this is amazing. And then you'd be like, you know, in your head, you'd think, oh, it's not, it's not really for me, but then everybody else loves it. And that's okay. That's so just okay. Being, yeah. Just being yeah, it pretty... doesn't mean that anything's wrong either way. There's nothing wrong with you if you don't like it. But what I <laughs> loved is it just got me to, uh, to realize that, oh, there's room for me. Yeah, because if if there's a way that I would like to do it, cool. I have a chance to put myself out there, and also, um, it's just fun to to listen to a bunch of samples or to get going and really do commit to listening to a ten hour book. And mm-hmm. what do you get to experience? There's there's several books that I listened to that were uh, Jodi Picoult, and what I loved about a lot of her books is that oftentimes there will be multiple narrators, yeah. multiple perspectives. And there were times, uh, this was back when I was working a lot in regional theater and I would be doing a play in Boston. Um, I basically would be living in Providence. I would drive down to Tantor in Connecticut, and then I would drive up to do a show in Boston in, in the evening. So I had lots of time in my car where I was listening to audiobooks. And sometimes like these Jodi Picoult books, like really had me drawn in and I didn't want to turn off my car because I was just like, I just need to know what happens next. And I looked forward <laughs> to going and, and driving, which was great because yeah. they were long drives. And I think that's one of the, one of the magical things is like, once you get listening, you realize how important the work is that we do and how yeah. much a story can sit with you and get you thinking and really shift you know, yeah. some ideas you might have about your life or the way you think about different things. So yeah. as you're exploring the work, that's that's what I would say for anyone just getting started. I would love for you to to do that. Listen and yeah. record. And then if if you enjoy those things, um, I have a free class that I would love to invite people to come to. If you go to audiobookadventure.com, I have a free class. It's called Narrate Your Way to Abundance. So if you've taken some time and you really want to get going with this, I will, I teach you inside that class, some more reasons why audiobook narration can help you with creativity, flexibility, and more income. And then we get into um, three of my favorite tools to get working with publishers. So a lot of folks, as I said, spend a lot of time doing indie work and there's nothing wrong with that. That path works for a lot of people. I just never took that path. So I teach the path that I took, which was working with directors, uh, working with publishers um, immediately. So that's kind of what I set you up up for. So mm. whether you've narrated, honestly, people come to me sometimes narrated, having narrated a, a couple hundred books, but if they don't have a process yet for how to work with publishers consistently, mm. or even if they've had a dry spell, if you if you're having a dry spell, chances are there's work we can do 
to up-level your craft, to upgrade your marketing materials, to match what's working right now. Because what worked five years ago is different than what's working today. Mm. And then how to put yourself out there and how to authentically reach out and authentically build relationships because no one's going to discover you. <laughs> it's not, I mean, maybe someone will, but it's like for most of us, yeah, that's not how it works. So you've got to get comfortable with just connecting and, and offering yourself as a potential option, uh, a potential solution to a casting director's problem. That sounds that sounds fantastic, and uh, yeah, I, I for one is going to be checking that out myself. Uh, and of course, I'll post the links um, uh, in in the show notes below, and I'll uh, re-mention that towards the end. Um, you mentioned uh, abundance. Um, now, this is a topic that um, I don't think everyone is familiar with, especially the Brits uh, on my side of the pond, um, you know, especially in terms of manifesting uh, their creative careers. Could you speak a, a little about what abundance is in this regard and, and, and why it's important for actors to, to understand this? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked. Abundance. So abundance is feeling enough. Abundance is having a full cup. Abundance is noticing the good. Abundance is the opposite of the fear mentality. Mm. So it's no, it's, it doesn't mean you don't have fear. I have fear, but it's a matter of how I work with fear and how I notice it. I recognize it. And then I have tools to say, okay, fear, thank you. You can sit in the back seat now. What I want to do is I want to notice what is going well right now. So like, yeah. I'll give an example. Say, say I, um, say I did three auditions in a row and I didn't book any of them. And I'm feeling like, oh gosh, I'm never going to work again in my life. Oh my gosh. Even though I've done 160 audiobooks, I'm not, I just, we're done. We're done. And so that is often fear coming through. Um, because we come up in a society, at least here in the US, I think where you are in the UK also of actors, artists are not worth getting paid, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have, we don't, we don't come up in a society that respects what we do. And that says, yes, yeah. that is valid. We want to support you. We want to make sure you're taken care of. We want to make sure you get health insurance. We want to make sure you make enough money to have lodging and food without you having to work in another area. So I think that's why the word abundance is pretty foreign for a lot of people. Uh, right. Yeah. But it, but it's something that is possible for everyone. It's a mindset shift but more than a mindset, it's reworking your brain. So um, it's really, it has to do with mental health. It has to do with rewiring the way you think about certain things. And mm. it has to do with starting to celebrate yourself, starting to love yourself. And this might feel woo-woo for some people. And if it is, that's okay. And if you're feeling this is weird, that's okay. Because um, society doesn't want you to do these things because- artists are powerful. Yeah. Creatives are powerful. And if you look through sent through past centuries, like people have always like been worried when, when creatives have these ideas because they're just nervous about it. But, um, I think for us as artists, we already are using our imagination. So mm -hmm. why not use your imagination to work for you in your daily craft and in your daily career and in the way you do business. Mm. And so when it comes to um, abundance in, in business, when it comes to abundance in your narration, a few things I would love to just offer for people to kind of have some tangible steps is 
make a list of as like 10 to 20 things you're great at. And I wonder when the last time you've done that was. John, have you ever done that? I don't think I ever have done that, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I know for so many of us, it's like, what? Why would I do that? But and that might seem like a simple exercise, but just starting there with like, what am I good at? And then circle things that maybe not everyone is good at. Mm. Like you, like, do you have any interests that maybe not anyone, not everyone has? Do you know what I mean? Like, and I would say if like 50% of the population doesn't have it, let's call that a thing. I've just become the most basic person. I was going to say swimming, like who else, (laughs) like everyone in the world does swimming. Well, John, but you have a (laughs) podcast. So you're a podcaster. And I would put that on the list because most of the world is not podcasters. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's actually, it's interesting because sometimes we forget the most basic things that we are. You're great mm. at podcasting. You're great <laughs> at building relationships. You're great at inviting people in to be seen. You're great at creating safe spaces. So that's just in my limited experience with you, John, that's what I know. And so it's that it's flipping the script to like, instead of all the things we're worried about, yeah. where are the places that we're safe? And that's just a start. There's so much more that we can do. And oftentimes there's all, there's stuff that's going to come up when we Mm. start thinking about that. But, um, this is, this is the way I coach. And I think what's really cool about it is there's never a, mm, there's never a problem that can't be solved. Mm. If we're using like abundance mindset, if we're open to problem solving. And really I'm just using all of my creativity, the same creativity I use to create 40 to 50 characters in a cozy mystery yeah. is the same problem solving I'm using to think about business. And, yeah. and it's, it's fun for me because I have, um, both the dreamer side, but also the very practical side. I'm a Virgo really into systems. I'm really into mm. like setting goals and achieving and all of that. But But first, it's really important that we really just set up like, what do we want? Why am I doing this thing? Why am I narrating? If you're unhappy right now, figure out like, why? What would I like life to look like? And just giving yourself the freedom to know that it could be different and to dream what it could be. You don't need to know how you get there. But if you dream it, it's going to be possible. Of course, then you have to commit to making that happen. And oftentimes you're going to need to get help from people who also believe that's possible, um, which is something I do as a coach. I believe, you know, whatever you want to do, like, let's figure it out. It's possible. Um, And also I work with um, my own coaches. I'm always working on expanding my own thought process as well. That is fascinating. That really is. And I I totally get it. Uh, I I feel like I'm on the same level of understanding um, with that. Something that I've been struggling with myself recently. And I was chatting to uh, Neil Gardner, who's actually the episode before this one comes out. Um, We were chatting about, um, and it kind of involves uncertainty, um, but then also work fatigue, because I believe those two things go hand in hand. Because we have, um, you know, with the sort of self-employed nature and the sort of short-term projectness of of audiobooks, we're not really always sure what we're going to be doing down the line, Um, which of course can create anxiety for those, especially if you've only got a few bookings or maybe even just one or two bookings and then you you sort of don't know what you're doing. Um, So as work comes in 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 the various forms, um, me personally, I don't like to say no to anything because I never know when it's going to sort of stop, which has led, especially at the start of this year, it's led to me 
essentially working 16 hour days, not having enough time to even go outside for a half an hour walk. And then that's led to a little bit of work fatigue, but then also impacted my own mental health and, you know, joy to even be doing this in the first place. So I just kind of wondered if you had any sort of advice for what I can do and those who I know are facing the same thing. 100%. I have so many thoughts about this area. I'm going to try to keep them to like three points. This, I love to coach on this actually, because I think that this is a problem for so many narrators right now. Once you get working, um, saying no can be one of the most powerful things you do in your career. Mm. And I understand why people are reticent to say no. How, and well, why do, why do you say no? I, why do you not say, I'm sorry, saying no yeah. is, I understand why people say yes to everything. Yeah. And and you were just saying, you say yes, yeah. because you're not sure it, that something else is going to come up, right? Is that why you yeah. do it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think what I really want to encourage you and, and anyone else in this situation to do is take a look back. How long have you been doing this? How long has there been a flow coming in? How many clients do you have? How many different publishers and producers mm. do you work with? that you could reach out to if you needed work. Mm. And start, again, this is why we need to think about what we would ideally like, because that gets us to a place of understanding that a different way is possible. Mm. Because if you never do that, you're gonna stay stuck because it's easy. To, it's easier to stay stuck, even if it's really, really, really hard. Even mm. if it's hard work, even if it's 16 hour days, you're gonna stay stuck doing that unless you intentionally say there is another way hmm. and I'm going to put a boundary down. What could be a boundary I put down? What's the work that I'm doing that when I have this work, I just am so exhausted. Or is, is it that I just need a longer timeline? So for me, there's three points that we could do. We can explore rates. We can explore hmm. like rate rates and like what we get paid for this work. Again, this is going to like the abundance. If you're in yeah. fear, if you're in this fear space, you might not, not think this is possible, but I, I'm telling you it's possible. I've it's been, it's worked for me. It's worked for my clients, but what we first need to do is start deciding like what work is like a no or a almost never. Hmm. Is there anything, you don't need to tell me what it is, but is there any, are there any kinds of jobs that you do that are just extra tiring for you? Yeah, this yeah, yeah. definitely. So yeah. you know what that that you know what that that no could be. Yeah. And what I want you to do is to start testing it. So it doesn't mean you need to say no to every project that comes in like that, but every once in a while I want you to just say no once and just see what happens. And if there's a real fear, like if you have zero dollars in your savings account, then I really want you to I want to shout out my friend who's a, a financial coach for creatives because we oh, need great. you to, I need, we need you to be feeling financially abundant. So my friend is Katie Chen Mazzara and okay. she helps, she helps all creatives with this. We have inconsistent income streams, so we can't let that run us. We need to be in control as much as we can of the income streams. We can't mm. control what gig comes to us when, but we can control if we're building an emergency savings account so that we do have some trust in ourselves so mm. that if we say no to something, it's really not going to put us on the street next month. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, and I, so I think a lot of people have that fear, but don't realize what we can do. So there are some, t so, some things we can do about that. Mm. Um, so yeah, what are your, what can you start trying to say no to? Then the next thing is it's time to start raising your rates. 
if you've been working with the same client for a long time, when is the last time you raised your rate? And again, that can be so mm. scary for narrators. That can be so scary for actors because there's a fear of like, oh, if I ask for a raise, what's the fear? Yeah, well, they're going to get rid of you. They're going to use somebody else. Yeah. How dare I? And that's just not true. If they can't do the raise, they'll say no. I've, yeah. I've asked for a raise. I've gotten a raise. My clients have asked for a raise. They've gotten a raise. By not, by not asking for a raise, you're letting yourself stay stuck. And you're also keeping us as a group of narrators unabundant. Yeah. If we all get in the place of like, oh, once a year I raise my rates. Or when I get an earphones award, I raise my rates. Or when I get an Audi nomination, I raise my rates. Or when I know I'm really good, I'm going to raise my rates. And you don't have, and, and there's so much we can do about strategizing how to do that and how to ask for that in, a, in an authentic way. Um, and there's confidence around negotiating. Mm. There's a lot we could go into, but that's another thing that we want to do for, and then what do you really want to do? What's the work you really want to do? And are, are, do your marketing materials, do your reach outs really showcase that? So you can mm. be attracting more of what you want. Even if you have, like, say you're in a place where you're doing 30 finished hours a month. And I like to think of it that way. Like how much can you handle each month? Cause some people just overbook themselves and they don't realize they can actually ask for a timeline that works for them. Sometimes mm. it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's another thing is like working with your project board and mm. figuring out what's your ideal time in the booth each week. And what's your ideal time in the booth each month? When mm. would you like to take a vacation this year? Blocking that off, making sure that ends up in your project board. Yeah, I think that's as much as I wanted to share about that. I'm, I'm curious yeah. to like what you, what you think. I kind of shared a lot of information. So let me know if any of that is unclear. No, no, it was all crystal clear. I find myself just listening to be just purely trying to take in the wisdom because I think there's some really great points there. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I can only speak for myself, um, of course. Um, but I think a lot of it is fear. Um, especially with like rising rates and things and you think I'm not good enough, I'm not one of the top guys and I don't deserve that and they could just find another me tomorrow and I'll just have to carry on with it and just, just you know, get over it. And, and sometimes like even working yourself to the point where you're thinking I should be able to handle this amount of stress um, and it's it's not the workload, it's just me and then all of that kind of thing that kind of, um, you know, gets gets on top of you, I guess. So I think a lot of it does stem from fear and then it's just trying to, you know, have a little bit of self-respect, I guess. <laughs> like... Yeah. And, and again, like take, take the time to work on your financial life, to work on your financial mindset so that you mm. do believe that you're worthy to make more money. And we live in a very difficult time right now because there's inflation is rising and not yeah. as high as our, the union rates are rising. So mm. I want to just like encourage everyone to get involved, to see what you can do to raise rates, to see what you do. If you are a member of the union, see what can be done to just mm. collectively work to, to raise those rates. Because again, yeah, inflation is like, whoop, and our rates are like, <laughs> and it's like, you can't see it right now, but what I just did was like, I don't know, like a high, yeah. very high slope for inflation. <laughs> and I think like a kind of slow burn elevator for our rates. Um, and so with that, I think, uh, something that I, I'm encouraging folks to do as well right now is what's another income stream you might be able to have? Is it, are, do you, have you been able, you know, would you like to buy a property? 
There, mm-hmm. Is there a way you could invest in something? And it's okay if you can't right now. Is there something creative? Um, like, I, I'm just thinking of like, if you have a podcast, could you um, make a Patreon? Is there like, yeah. so many of us have so many talents and so many potential ways to have another income stream coming in. So I think that's another thing. Don't box yourself in and say, this is mm-hmm. the only way income can be coming in. I don't want you to take on income streams that are exhausting and not Mm. in support of your work. But if there are some creative ideas that you've been sitting with, like, why don't you experiment and see if there's another income stream so that you don't have to put so much pressure um, on this one, in addition to all of those other thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a little like taking your creativity from what you have inside the booth and then making sure that's reflective of all of you, you know, throughout all of your life and and solving problems, etc. Um, we mentioned networking at the start when we were talking about um, coaching, you were talking about advising uh, people about, you know, connecting with people. Networking is a, a hugely popular topic um, on this show requested by our listeners. I just wonder, do you do you attend many networking events at the moment? You know, have you have you uh, do you plan to uh, throughout this year? And is there any that you would would recommend to our narrator listeners? Oh, that's a good question. Um Networking events. Um, I like to think of networking as connection. So mm. for me, networking happens in at events, but it also happens in other places. So I kind of want to mm. share like where I see networking happening and where I enjoy it. Um, so yes, there are, are networking opportunities like APAC, like View Atlanta, all of those, all of the, you know, whatever socials yeah. pop up. Those are all great. I also find networking via social media to be incredible. Um, Oftentimes there are like something that's really cool about our community Um, inside the great audiobook adventure. One of our awesome bonuses is that we have a community of over 500 narrators who have all gone through this process. So we all have a common language around this stuff. And what's cool is to see narrators networking with each other in like this positive mindset place. So it's very fun because they're building relationships. So when they go to a networking event, they already kind of know five or 10 people who are going to be there. And so it's like, they're bringing their part, the party with them. And they're just in a confident place because people already know them. So that's what I would say is like, make sure you're surrounding yourself with a positive community that is also in this abundant place. Because if you are, if you're spending, you've heard the rule probably of like the five people you spend your time with, you're you're like a, I don't know, you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you are hanging out with people who are like, oh no, I'm never going to raise my rates. Oh no. How would I do that? If you're, if you're, you're hanging out with people who are like poo-pooing any growth uh, mindset, uh, that's not going to be great for you. If you then put yourself out at a networking event, because you're just going to have so much fear in you. Like, who am I to do that? Why am I showing up yeah. when instead you could be the same exact person you are, but if you're filling yourself up with positive relationships all the time, you feel good about yourself. Cause you're in the practice of being seen and seeing mm. other people. You're in the practice of celebrating your wins. You're in the practice of setting a goal and achieving it. So I, I think networking within the investments you make. So the communities mm. that you're in making sure that they're always lifting you up 
making sure that you make the best decisions for yourself if you're in communities that are not lifting you up. And so, and some people are afraid of that. Like fear might come up. What are people going to think if I do that? And I get it. I am actually, I, I still am working on this stuff myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Getting myself out of situations that just don't feel good anymore yeah. because life is too short. Why are we like, why are we doing things that don't feel good for us? You know? Um, yeah. so yeah, network, like noticing the relationships you already have. Does everyone in your life know that you're an audiobook narrator? There might be authors in your life mm. that don't know about you. There might be folks who are, I don't know, maybe th two or three degrees from like a top producer at Penguin Random House that you don't know. So like making sure that your world knows what you're doing and, um, be open to making outside of the box connections. Yeah. Um, and then also what I love is that the opportunities that exist in this industry. I think, I think a lot of publishers and producers are open to, you know, just like connecting over a zoom meeting. So like knowing that you could ask for that, not everyone loves that. So it's not going <laughs> to be for everyone. And that might be a scary, um, ask for some people, but, but why not? Uh, what yeah. do you have to lose? Um, and so I, I think networking, going to the networking mm -hmm. events is very, can be very, very powerful. As long as you are doing the inner work to show up as the star yeah. that you are, because you're a star, we're all, we're all really stars that just need to kind of shine ourselves up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but everyone, there's something that that we can all learn from each other. So I think there's a lot of self-care that has to happen to show mm. up effectively at these events. And yeah. I think it's good to have strategy, but mostly learning to like be in this place of abundance and know that there's enough so that yeah. you're not worried about, oh, should I introduce this person to that person that might take work away from me? Instead of, <laughs> instead, we want you to be in a place of like, oh my gosh, this is my friend. I want you to meet her. Even if you never worked with this producer, how great yeah. to like introduce a friend first and, yeah. you know, just be there to be in communication and know you don't need to, it's not the place to ask requests for work. It's just the place to be seen and and yeah. you get to know other people and be curious yeah I've, i think that's such a great point about making sure that you're you're your best self and that you're working on you know you're working on bringing that best self to those events rather than just how many events can i go to um, oh yeah yeah i think that's, that's such i don't a great think point. a number I, I don't think a number of events is worth it because you if you mm. if you go to 20 events and you don't feel good about yourself what, what's the goal? What's, and that's another thing. I like to make a goal when I'm going to a networking event. I also have, um, I have like a free resource for networking. If you want, oh, nice. I can share yeah. the link with you after, but yes, it's please. like, a, it's like a little game that I kind of made for people to kind of have something to focus on in case they're worried about themselves. It gives you like something to get outside of your head. And it's like a little game you could do at a networking event. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, but yeah, please, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to have a look, and of course, post the link uh, in the show notes. What's a question that you um, wished you were asked more? That is so good. I have no <laughs> idea, but I want to think about it. Mm, question: I wish I was asked more. Well, I'm someone who likes to problem solve, so I want everyone to ask me. Here's my goal. How do I achieve it? Because oh, I just. Good. Like I just, if you meet me at a networking event, that's just like my thing, but I've, I've always been this person. That's why I'm a coach. I've always yeah. wanted to help people 
figure out what their dream is and how to live more of that so that they can enjoy, enjoy their life better. Yeah. So what would the question be there? Um, how can I live a happier life? <laughs> That's that a great the, one. That would be the question I would like to be asked more. <laughs> That's a great one and a really nice one. <laughs> so um, what are the what's the best place for people to get in touch with you, um, you know, for your coaching, for your audiobook work to to see what you're up to? Where can where's where's the best place that people can find you? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the global actor. So that's where you'll find all of my coaching resources. If you want to check out my acting career and my narration career and all things personal, that would be at elisearsnow.actor. Um, but, but definitely check out the global actor. We have a lot of free trainings that happen. We also have a free Facebook group. Um, it's, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash global actors. And that's a great community uh, to be in touch with other, uh, again, folks yeah. here, if you're interested in this abundance thing, come, we're talking about it over there. We also have a once a month free clubhouse room, which includes some coaching. So actually we do an intention setting and celebration room the first Friday of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's probably midnight for folks yeah. in the UK. Is that right? It is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. So right. It's yeah. kind of late, but it, it's, it's really cool. I had been doing, um, talk about, talk about woo woo. I've been doing like new moon and full moon ceremonies. Oh, cool. And so it's really great to be in a practice of intention setting once a month and taking yeah. the time to celebrate what's going well. So we do that, uh, the first Friday of every month on clubhouse it's inside the global actor lounge. And I'm there and our community mentors are there um, and community mentors, a few of them I, I was sharing earlier um, are Audi nominated this time around. So it's very yeah. exciting. So you're, if, if you want more positive vibes, we're all about it. It doesn't mean it's toxic positivity. It just means we're here to lift each other up. We're here to talk about what's going well. We're here to talk yeah. about what's not going well and how to make it better. Oh, fantastic. That sounds amazing. Well, I think because I believe the uh, the next that should be on Friday the 3rd, right, is the next one, because that's the episode. Uh, that's the date that this episode will go live, if that's OK with you, of course. Um, so this will go out in, in the morning. So hopefully folks will get a uh, listen and then be able to join in on the same day and join. Yeah, the Yeah, please join us. We would love to see you. <laughs> Absolutely. And then again, like that, that resource, uh, the narrate your way to abundance class. I want to make yeah. sure you have that. So try yeah. audiobookadventure.com or myactordayjob.com. And if those links are not taking you to the free class at that moment, if mm -hmm. we're like in a pause, just send me um, an email and we'll make sure you get notifications. So as soon as the class is available, we can get you back into that. Fantastic. I'd love to, as we're winding the show down, I'd love to just simply ask you if you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about that we can look forward to. Yes, actually, just this week, um, Stranger Things Psychology came out. Um, nice. And I love Stranger Things. <laughs> and I love psychology. So it's, it, it's one of my favorite projects I've ever gotten to work on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, what else? Yeah, I, I'm let me see. Um, I had a really cool book recently with um, so Stranger Things is with Dreamscape, I have a book called In the Event of Death. And this is a um, a fiction book with Blackstone that just recently came out and I, I loved it. It was very healing. It was an example of one of those books that can help you 
really grow as you're narrating it. And um, it deals with death. And uh, last fall, I lost my uh, father-in-law. And thank you. And it's just like losing someone really does. Mm. It it is a moment of, for me, at least, it was a moment of like, ooh, what's important to me? How do I want to be living my life? And so in, in reading this book, in narrating this book and sharing this story, I had a really profound experience with thinking about other relationships I have in my life and how I might want to do things differently, knowing that none of us really know how much time is left, but as people get older in my life, um, in the generation above me, it just, uh, just made me think about how I might want to do things differently. So highly recommend that one too. Absolutely. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. I do. Um, even though sometimes it's not always, um, I guess it is always positive, but never, you know, it's not always that easy, but when, when you, you are exposed to content that does allow you to grow, um, it, you know, it's just such a, I mean, that's just, um, something about narration that I never expected where you do really get captivated by that material and it affects you for, you know, for your own growth. That is my favorite. Give yeah. me that stuff any day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh- um, that just about brings us to a close um, for this episode of the Audiobook Club. Um, all of Elisa's links uh, to social media, website, the the courses and classes uh, that we've mentioned, uh, the global actor and coaching links uh, will be all available in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, another huge, huge thank you to you, Elise, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, John. I really enjoyed our time together. Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook? Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70% royalties, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out the middleman? Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience, and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. We at Pro Audio Voices hear you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% of the sales price that you set, that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them, and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com. You'll find Amplify in the marketing menu. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audiobook Club. This episode was sponsored by Pro Audio Voices. If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening.